0: Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next leader big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf.
1: Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute, formerly Metcalf and Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their businesses and develop business strategies and and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I am also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. I am delighted that our guest today is Rebecca Hall Greider. Rebecca is an influencer and empowerment leader that wants to help her clients reach more people. She's built multiple businesses and platforms to help influencers and experts. These platforms include radio, TV, network-level influence, books, magazines, the speaker talent search, social media reach, and live events and conferences. She's created a powerful promotion reach of over 7 million, and recently she received the honor of of, of being named one of the top 10 women of America for her empowerment work in the area of entrepreneurship. So we're all busy as leaders and aspiring leaders. And I created this show because I realized how tough it is to stay current on the wide range of trends that leaders need to be aware of and competent at. So my goal is for you, the listener, to hear something every single time you listen that you can either put into practice immediately with regard to a behavior or something that will change your mindset to help you be more effective. And Rebecca is just the person to do that. With her experience leading the Women's Empowerment Network and extensive work with entrepreneurs and leaders... She'll share some stories and recommendations that help people take ownership of their best selves and move beyond self-doubt and feeling like an imposter, which many of us do. She'll also share some of her own story, which is a unique opportunity for all of us because she has grown herself in a way that is phenomenal to hear about. So Rebecca, thank you so much for being with us and welcome. Thank you.
2: What a beautiful introduction. I'm very honored to be here and looking forward to the, the candid conversation, you know, really pulling back the curtain and sharing um, as leaders. So I'm very honored to be here and
1: thank you for bringing me aboard, letting me join the conversation. Thank you. So ta- we were talking about finding your best selves. Would you like to start with your own personal story or other people's stories first? And I understand we'll we'll kind of move back and forth and share some of our own experiences as well. Sure, I'd be happy to start with my story because that's the core of everything.
2: That's my why, <laughs> the core of everything I mm-hmm. do and what pulls me forward. So I'd be happy to share a little bit about that.
1: Thank you. So, how did you find your own best self? it's been a journey and i don't know if i have
2: arrived <laughs> i think we're always evolving and growing and discovering new layers and um, learning to to love ourselves more and appreciate who we are and kind of our uniqueness and and bringing that forward in the world and i think every year we discover more of who we are and as we grow and evolve and we can bring that forward um, but if i if i go back in time and kind of give a snapshot of my journey it really starts as a little girl I at the age of five five and a half my parents got divorced and as a result of that I was thrust into an environment that was very um, unhealthy unsafe I experienced all kinds of abuse that a little girl should never know about much less experience and when I cried out for help it wasn't believed And I was put back in the environment. And I learned in that space, I must not matter. I am not okay. There is something desperately wrong with me that is causing this. I'm unlovable. I have no value. And I was scared. It was unsafe to be seen or heard. So to survive, I decided to stay below the radar To act like everything was okay, smile really big. But if you look closely, I was that little girl and young girl with very, very sad eyes that never wanted to go home. Mm. And eventually, the truth came out, and I was rescued and put into an environment with my hero my my birth father my dad is my hero and my stepmom patty they rescued me and there was a great deal of sacrifice and struggle involved in that and so i learned i had value they loved me i learned i was lovable i learned that i was beautifully and wonderfully made wanted that i mattered And that all those things I had believed before were not truth, but lies. And ultimately, the biggest part of my journey, the biggest area of growth for me, actually it's two, as I'm sitting here, it's two major things. One is really loving myself. And the other is really embodying that it's safe to be seen and heard because it's one thing to note intellectually. I believe as leaders, we have so much information and content available to us around the world. We know a lot of things, but it's very different to live it, to be it, to see it on a cellular level and that has been my journey so that's a little bit of my background because when I look out in the world today if I fast forward I see men and women around the world that are still believing those lies and that hurts my heart and ignites my fire and encourages me to keep stepping forward and to help them know the truth that they are beautifully and wonderfully made
1: and absolutely needed in this world. Thank you so much for sharing that because, well, one, it's just such a precious story. And I'm sorry that you went through that. Um, No child should have to deal with any kind of abuse and then feel so broken and, and irrelevant. And I know for our listeners that Rebecca's story isn't the only one And for many of our listeners, either you have gone through this yourself or you're leading people who have. And and so while this may seem like a personal story for a leadership show, it's important, I think, for us to understand our constituents and the range of experiences that they've had that bring them into incredibly successful roles in many cases and yet, the the whole sense of well, other people may see us as brilliant and successful. We may still feel incredibly imposterish, irrespective of the external success we've achieved.
2: Absolutely, and and I know for a long time when I uh, made a step forward I, on the healing journey, being seen and being public and visible was terrifying to me and I I struggled to say my name in front of two or more people because it was like my body remembered what had gone on before and it would shut down I would shake my knees would knock I would turn purple I didn't turn red I went right to purple (laughs) I would lose my words my voice would start to close up and my ears would ring and it took everything I had to stand up in front of two or more people But I found every time I did, I survived and I became more courageous and it was step by step. And some of the imposter I learned and some of this was in the younger years, I learned to smile. I learned to um, put on gear, so to speak, a role to be able to step forward. And that created a bridge for a while. So being able to smile, being able to be in a role and stand in that place, I could serve in that way. And there was a little bit of an an imposter kind of feeling. And but it also it's almost like training wheels. It helped me (laughs) step forward during those steps. And every time I did, I discovered more of my abilities, more of who I could be. And over time, learned how to take away some of the training wheels, some of those roles I had taken on some of the image I had trying so hard to be seen a certain way. and as I did that more and more I discovered I had better connections. people could hear me more clearly. it, it took less energy to be more me than trying to be a certain way and in a container and define leadership or a network director, or whatever it may be, whatever role it may be, trying to decide what that is and fit myself into that. Instead, when I switched that to discovering who I am in each of those spaces, it created a whole new level of energy, connection, and switched to a place of an empowerment versus hoping someone didn't see behind the curtain.
1: So I went through... Um, my own journey with this. And one of the things I remember practicing was smiling in airports on escalators. Mm. So it was the safest place to smile at people because they couldn't, you know, they weren't going to reach out and grab me. Nothing bad was going to happen because they were on a, a very long escalator going in the opposite direction. So that idea of just little steps and Um, While we live in an environment that really supports authenticity, I was authentically terrified of some things. And I couldn't share that, uh, not and maintain the level of professional success uh, that I had already accomplished. So it's it's interesting that you say, for a while, we're not authentic. We don't share that. We put on the costume, as I call it. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. For a while. And I feel like it's this training wheels. And as our core grows stronger, as we build those muscles, I think we're able to stand more in who we truly are and take away some of those, um, the training meals we don't need them anymore and it actually can feel like what it, it f- has felt like because I think we go through this in different phases um, as we're growing and evolving it's not like one time and suddenly we have arrived <laughs> like there's there we do mm-hmm. this all along the journey but when I recognize how I can recognize it's time to take the training meals off is when I feel like I'm stuffing myself into a box and shrinking to fit into a role And then expanding and shrinking, that means that's a container that's holding me back versus releasing it and stepping more fully into who I am and bringing that forward. So when I start to feel kind of trapped in a role or um, trying to be less than what I can be and can bring to the table,
1: that means it's time to take that shell off. Okay, so let me re- repeat back a little bit of this, and also add in some of the neuroscience piece that our brains are patterned to keep us alive. So when we're in a situation that was previously dangerous, being visible, um, whatever it was, given our our dynamics, w- even in happy families, there are occasionally dynamics. So as I. Um, as an individual step into a bigger role, I can often feel afraid. That's the imposter syndrome. And even though my brain feels like it's dangerous, I need to keep making those small steps to rewire my physiology. And then what I hear you saying is those small steps that feel inauthentic, and I'll call them experiments, that those now become habit. And in fact, what I'm able to do is much bigger and then I, as I feel constrained by that, I step into the next round of experiments and define myself as that next bigger step. Is that accurate? Absolutely. And
2: I think, and some of it is discovery. I love that that use of experiments because we underestimate what we are able to do. And we hold ourselves back. We have so many gifts and talents and we're growing and evolving all the time. And sometimes we're limiting ourselves because of how we were a year ago, three years ago, ten years ago. We've evolved, we've shifted, we've grown, and every step prepares us for the next. And we get to discover that in the journey. And sometimes we can amaze and surprise ourselves. And frequently it's in challenging times, we discover the shiro, the hero within. We discover we are more capable than we know and we gain great clarity
1: and we're able to take powerful steps. Thank you. I I just want to express my gratitude for your sharing the depth of your story. And in the next segment, we're going to get into a little bit deeper, both tools and techniques that both of us have used to move beyond that sense of being an imposter, or just thinking it was safer to be invisible than it was visible. So we are going to take a break right now. And for our listeners, I invite you to think about where in your life are you not playing as big a role as you can? And what might be one small experiment that would be safe to try out for you to step into your more successful self? We'll be right back. Thank you.
3: Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
4: Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. With co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless, Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us.
1: Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You are with Maureen Metcalf and Rebecca Hall Greider, and we're talking about how people can step into their bigger selves and overcome some of the sense of being an imposter. So, Rebecca, during break we were talking about what you did that really shifted your life and that you continue to do as you continue to grow and step into your more successful self. I would be
2: honored to share. And it goes back a a few years back. So I was actually a financial advisor. I'd been a financial advisor for many years, about 15 years in corporate America. And then I had transitioned, I would worked with startup companies, to Fortune 500 companies, C-suites. And then I transitioned to having my own practice. So I got to add um, working with individuals as well. And it was all around empowering people Around their relationship with money and building what mattered to them was very, very meaningful to me. And we had grown the practice and I was gone through the sweat, blood and tears to get that business to the level I had always wanted it to be and have it keep growing. And it was at that moment I started to get this call in my heart that it was time for me to start telling my story And I rebelled. I I felt like I shouldn't have to. I've struggled enough. I am a financial advisor. I was so defined by that. And that's what I do in the world. And I felt like that's not what financial advisors talk about. It's going to take away from my professional image. I shouldn't have to. There's all all these other people that are way more qualified than I so I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and wrestled. Newly married, was had this trajectory that I thought and path I thought I was on. But that still quiet voice kept coming back, kept coming back. And it reminded me about my journey from a little girl to stepping into that place. And every time I was asked to take a step, tell the truth, take a stand, have a boundary, whatever the steps along that journey were... I would say, okay, God, I shouldn't I don't think I have to. I think this is mean. Um, someone else should have to do this. I have suffered enough. And but I will do this. Here's the deal, God, I'll do this. If it'll make a difference for another, if it can help another little girl have an easier path than mine, I will take this step because I cared more for others than myself. It took longer to learn to love myself too. And so it was like I'd played all those tapes in my mind as I was wrestling nine months. And finally, in tears, wrestling, I said, okay, I will do this mean, hard, horrible thing of share my story. If it can make a difference for another. And I don't want to speak to more than 50 people at a time. No books. I'm not an author. Um, I don't want to be recorded in any way. I'll use a microphone because my voice isn't super loud. No cameras. No pictures. Um, I don't want to have to make an offer. You just bring the people together and tell me what to say. Let's go change the world. And it was like silence. <laughs> and I was like, God? I, I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and And it was like it came back to me. And it was saying, Rebecca, this is yes or no, period. There aren't contingencies, there aren't boundaries, training wheels are off. (laughs) Are you willing to go where I call you to go and share what I call you to share, not even knowing what that may fully be or not? The choice is yours. Choose. And... In that moment, as those tapes were playing, I said, okay, okay, I will do this. But I really hope I don't have to. And they listed everything again just so he had the complete list. And television, nothing. And what was funny to me, what's funny to me now is I look back at that moment, because this is such a human thing that we do, no one was asking me to do any of those things. Mm-mm. They were like my worst fears that I was creating to say no to. And if I fast forward to today, I do all of those things now every day and I love them and I'm so honored to serve in that space. Three months after that, saying yes, I was on stage, front of 300 people, live streamed, um, and seven minutes to share my story, terrified, (laughs) had two book deals in the works. One of them became an international bestseller that put me on the radar, um, that connected me with Voice America and has led to radio and television and all kinds of things. I had a TV show interview lined up that I felt tricked into, (laughs) but had said yes. And in those seven minutes, I was terrified, I was crying, There were tears, I don't know what I said, my knees were shaking, I know I turned to purple, but I also knew there was someone in that room that needed what I had to say. And so I gave, I made a deal with myself. I decided, as I eyed the fastest, quickest way to exit the room gracefully, I gave myself full permission to do so. Any moment... I needed to, to make myself safe. And I never walked off that stage. Every 30 seconds, I became more empowered and was choosing to be there. I got a standing ovation I never saw because I was so out of my body. <laughs> got off the stage. There were a lineup of men and women. And each one in the beginning of the line, it seemed like an endless line. I'm sure it wasn't, but to me, it felt endless. And they said, Rebecca, I was the one. Thank you. And the next person said that. I was the one. Thank you. And the next. And then they started to say, Rebecca, I could tell you were scared. But you loved me enough to do it anyway. Thank you. I'm inspired by that. And what I took from that was that, guess what? I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be willing and to choose to take those steps. And I have found that has been the case every step in the journey. We get to choose to say yes. We get to be willing. We don't have
1: to be perfect. Thank you. It just, it's an amazing experience to share. And you saying yes propelled you in a way that most people have not experienced and uh, aren't writing Uh, international best-selling books a couple things I heard one was do what you need to do to stay safe to feel safe and the other is it's about something bigger than yourself so there's someone here or multiple people here who will need what I have to say and I can put that need above myself what el- one, if I misstated that, correct me. But what else for our listeners who are also probably many of them taking on things that are, are feel beyond their capability and certainly beyond their comfort, what else can you advise people to do to step into those experiments enough to take the next step? Sure. I really knowing why, I, I was convinced if
2: there was one person in the room that it could help, I was willing to be uncomfortable. I was willing to be scared. I was willing to be imperfect because if what I had to offer, even in its imperfect, and yet I think, you know, looking back, those are actually perfect moments. The imperfection, the the humanness, the authenticity mm-hmm. can connect in a way nothing else can. In those quote unquote imperfect moments, that willingness To make a difference and reach out to someone in the way we're able to can make a profound difference in another person's life. We have no idea the number of opportunities we have every single day, whether we're on stage or not, to impact. Others, We are echoing things out every single day of our life, whether we realize it or not. And I believe it's important we make the decision to echo out what matters to us to uh, make a positive difference for our passing there, whether we're standing in a grocery line at a store or sitting beside somebody on a bus or a plane we can choose to make a positive uplifting connection that can change and impact someone in incredible ways
1: thank you for sharing that i i know in my work and i assume in yours as well much of our process is getting people to understand their personal life purpose or vision, whatever words you put to it, but it's understanding your personal why and then stepping more into what that is for for you.
2: Exactly. And I discovered something powerful about visibility, which is why I'm so passionate about it and all different kinds of media to help build bridges where more people can connect with the people they can serve, the people they can help. Um, And I'd love to share that if we have time about what I discovered about that.
1: Why don't you do that now? And and for our listeners, I want to say you've also inspired me and our personal work together has really helped me become more authentic and present in in the radio shows and in the personal work I do as well. Mm -hmm. So, one thank you. And to the listeners, not only is this a conversation uh, about Rebecca, but I, I can attest in my personal experience that this works and it's really helpful yeah thank you thank you
2: for sharing that and i i am thrilled um to hear that that's so that means a lot to me and i'm very very glad um that our our walking beside each other has um had such a, a positive impact so i love knowing that um and what i learned about visibility is when people are hurting when they're struggling and this is whether you're standing in a place of leadership or any other way that you're walking beside or with people. When people are hurting, it's like this big cloud comes down. It's thick, it's dark, it muffles everything. They can't hear the voices saying, I'm here to help. They can't see the hands outstretched. At that moment in time, when we are knocked to our knees, not if, when, because it happens to all of us when that moment happens we're just trying to say can I stand can I take a breath okay can I take another can I take another step and the only thing I know that can cut through darkness is light And I believe that we need to be willing to shine brightly enough, we become that light that cuts through the dark, that we are easy to find, especially in those dark and tender places. Because when the light cuts through, they can see the hand outstretched, they can avoid the pitfalls and the rocks that they can stumble on and scrape their knees on. And to me, that's what visibility is about. It's not about the spotlights. It's not about the limelight. It's about being easy to find for the people that are looking for you and going where they are if they're on these platforms and for they're on these places you go there especially as a leader you lead the connection you lead the bridge you don't wait for them to discover you to me that's what visibility is about it's about willing to shine and lead that connection so you can have the
1: impact you're called to have and how did you make the transition from, yes, I'm willing to do this, but there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't want to do, to what was the first step, and and how did you know how to start? Well, I listened to
2: what was coming to me, because when we step into that place of, I'm willing to take a step it's amazing the doors and opportunities that come to us and typically they're going to come from an unexpected place that was not on your plan or your agenda or what you prepared for (laughs) and a lot of times what my journey has been is I say no 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 I don't do that I do not find myself that way I when the book opportunity came I deleted the email seven times Seven times, it came to my, I have a couple of different email addresses, and then people started forwarding to it to me, and I was delete, 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 and then people would leave messages about this book opportunity I should be part of, and I finally thought, you know, let me actually stop and ask, <laughs> instead of being so quick to say no. And so I think if we have these things that come to us from multiple places, stop, listen, check in. That may be the unexpected place you're called to stretch and step forward. And it was to write a chapter in an anthology. And I waited till the 11th hour, you know, kind of setting myself up to not be successful. I waited till the 11th hour, typed madly, didn't edit, uh, didn't put my website. I didn't, I missed things because I was so just in the sharing, hadn't ever shared my story on that level or in writing or print. But I really felt like, you know what? I'm willing to to take that. I'm willing to submit it. Submitting isn't saying yes yet. It's just applying. And that got sent in, and I got a call back a couple of weeks later, and they said, you know, we've had so many people apply, and you know, maybe we could look at you being part of a, another book. I said, great, I'll reapply, no problem. <laughs> and they, I said, but here's the deal. I said, when you read my information. If you decide that this is the book I'm supposed to be in, I will say yes. That is my answer. That called me back a week later and said, Rebecca, this is the book. Are you in? And I said yes. And I kept saying yes. Every yes was just as scary as the other. So I said yes to everything in that project. Because if I'm in, I'm in. And I was unattached to what the results would be, where it would go. I just took it one step at a time.
1: And I would say my story is very similar, that I say yes to opportunities that are in front of me unless they make no sense. So it's a a strong bias toward yes. And I figure it out. Now I often feel overwhelmed and overcommitted, but it's amazing what comes once one yes happens. Then it's how I ended up hosting this show and then getting to meet people I never imagined I would meet. And ending up in places I never imagined I would go. And each one, to your point, is in some cases absolutely terrifying. I, I was uh, recording at a conference in Brussels, and I was so disoriented that I, I was on the subway and left my backpack with my computer and microphone on the train because I realized the tra- I, train, I was on the wrong train. So I jumped off and then realized I left my purse my driver's license, everything. Ugh. And I mean, people were amazing. Even though I didn't speak the language, everything came back. Now, fortunately, I guess there were good terrorists. People are afraid of backpacks. So no one stole it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That, I mean, it just absolutely afraid. And things worked out. They could have worked out badly, but they worked out fine. And, and it ended up being a great series of interviews. So on this note, we're going to take another break. And for our listeners, I invite you to think about where are you invited to step into your bigger self? And what are you willing to say yes to? What is your why? What's the impact you can make on people if you say Yes the bigger impact than you're already making. And for some of you, it's already a huge impact. What's the next? And we'll be right back. This is Rebecca and Maureen, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You are with Maureen Metcalf and Rebecca hall Greider. Rebecca, during break, we talked about an experience you had recently as you were uh, wrapping up uh, your latest book. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I I would be thrilled to. So we have a 365 daily inspiration book we're really excited to be bringing forward called Empowering You, Transforming Lives that is um, soon to be released. And in preparing for that, we're pulling together a number of quotes from experts and influencers from all different um, time periods and walks in the world along with 40 authors coming together. So it's a really, really powerful book. And the event I was getting ready to speak at was my event called mindful holiday magic. And so I'm speaking throughout the day and I wanted to inspire people. The event was really about being mindful and purposeful. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to share quotes about success to keep that top of mind as we're stepping forward. So as I've been reviewing all these quotes, I went on a search and I kept searching and I kept searching and page after page page after page every time i looked up success it led with failure again and again i deleted that quote i deleted the next i deleted the page of quotes i went on a different search again and again even uh, you know these amazing basketball players they led with how many game shots they missed again and again you know thomas edison all of the failures that happened like again and again and what i realized is failures on the journey to success. It's not a side journey. It's not something to stop us. It's on the journey, too. And in fact, we can't skip over it and go straight to success, which was, was something I was hoping I could inspire and share, this beautiful, smooth jump to success. But in fact, that's not how it works. And then there was one quote that was talking about the only place that sex success comes before work is in the dictionary. So success is really tied into both failure getting up again and putting action and work behind it. And again and again I found quotes. Here's here's one from John F. Kennedy. Efforts and courage are not enough without purpose and direction there is another that you cannot afford to live in potential for the rest of your life at some point you have to unleash your potential and make your move Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just again and again um it was this and, and it really fed into my spirit and um and inspired me that to remember those things we view as failures those things that can just stop us we're Giving too much power to. It's just a mistake. It's just a failure. We just learned a way not to do it, and we can learn a way to do it now. We're just taking the next step. And I think, as leaders, especially, we are so afraid of failing or letting people know that we did. Instead of making it okay to learn what not to do, making it okay to stretch and make a mistake and get up and rise again. And we expect children to do that when they're looking to walk and they stumble. We don't criticize them for for falling down or learning they need to maybe crawl or get support at first training wheels. We know that's part of the journey. And we celebrate every time they get up again, and we know eventually they will, and they're going to learn how to walk. It's the same thing with us, but somehow, as leaders and adults, we think the rules are different.
1: You know, it's interesting, this idea, my, the shift in language to experiments. Mm-hmm. If I'm experimenting, I expect to make mistakes, Right? It's a learning process. Scientists have made the greatest discoveries in the world through experiments, not because they knew what to do, but they knew directionally the next step and the next step. I worked with a researcher who, who said at one point, I'm as happy to be wrong as right because I'm learning from the process and then I know the next step. And this researcher ends up being a world-class person solving hearing problems. And so a lot of people benefit as much... They benefit from her willingness to be wrong because it gives her more evidence and data that, that will put her on a path that will ultimately solve the problem she's trying to solve. And she's made amazing progress and a huge impact in the world. And I think for each of us as leaders, again, that for me, it's the bias to yes, and certainly not all of the yeses have turned into brilliant successes. <laughs> They've turned into the next step. And I probably shouldn't say this, but my dating life has, in the past, been an interesting example of saying yeses that I maybe shouldn't have. You know, we put ourselves <laughs> in places that you're like, huh, I wonder why that <laughs> happened. Uh, but saying yes has also caused me to meet people I never would have met and, and take journeys that I wouldn't have taken. And almost like a scavenger hunt, there's always something interesting in each of those yeses in each of those experiments. And the, as much the ones that fail, it depends on how you define failure, right? Mm-hmm. The learning and growth has for me been, one, painful, two, embarrassing, and three, productive. Yes. So how do, what keeps you going when you feel like, I just can't do it one more day? Do you ever have those days?
2: I do. I do. I have those moments <laughs> in life um, that that can even be more than a day. absolutely. i've I've had those times. Um, and you know, I go through when those those things hit um, the, all the different emotions. I can. Um, it's be angry, I can be hurt, I can be scared, I can feel like it's not fair. Um, I don't know what to do and I can have this whole emotional response, anger, grief, um, frustration. Um, I, I shouldn't have to, I think we can all do that. I know I do when those things hit. but I don't stay there <laughs> when I when all of those emotions are expressed <laughs> and I even, Tell myself, and a lot of times it's conversations with God. I talk to God a lot. <laughs> They'll say, God, oh. I cannot do anymore. I don't know what to do. I am done. I don't have anything more in me to give. I'm done. And sometimes, and you know, there are different responses, but frequently there's silence for a moment. Mm. And I got all of that emotion out of me. I'm at a place of listening now. Because I'm empty, I'm at the end of myself. And sometimes it'll be encouragement that will pour into me and gives me that courage to take another step. Sometimes it'll be my why. And other times it'll be kind of that tough love that comes in. And it says, really, truly, is that all you have? Have you really given it everything you've got? You're really done. And every time I've been asked that question, when I've released all of those emotions, all of that fear, all that angst, I discover there's more strength than I knew I had. There's more purpose that I uncover, and clarity comes with it, and direction. And I'm able to no longer be a victim that I have to do this. I get to choose it again and then I'm able to do it in a powerful way with purpose a humbleness of willing to learn how and a listening spirit that becomes coachable so I can bring forward what I'm called to bring forward and
1: I become inspired again so there was a lot in that answer um so I'm going to try to replay one waiting till I'm at my wits' end because I I don't have anything left to fight with, so continuing to to express the frustration in whatever we, way we do, hopefully privately. Um, <laughs> we hope
2: <laughs> doesn't always come out that way, <laughs> but yes. <laughs>
1: that, that's back to not being recorded. <laughs> And there's something beautiful about exhaustion and figuratively, not literally kind of throwing myself down on the floor and saying there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it's often I walk at night a lot and it's stomping and Mm -hmm. just uh, until there's until I can have not enough energy to fight back. And similarly, then listening to, okay, I didn't get what I want. I didn't get what I thought I was supposed to get given the commitment I made to, to whatever. Um, I'm often embarrassed by not being able to deliver what I, what I thought I was supposed to do. So less about ego, but more about this. I thought I was on the right path. I thought I was doing what I was meant to do or called to do or committed to do. And it just didn't work. And, and yeah, then, then how do I know to listen and and know what the next yes is what's the next course of action when I can't figure it out and for for me actually this happened yesterday um, in preparing for this show and I reached out to a friend and said I just I'm stuck um, I I there was a bunch of things in my past that were getting in the way of our conversation and I just needed some help getting clear because I knew that I wasn't something from my earlier life was getting in the way of the conversation and I couldn't make sense of things. So having someone who's known me for a couple of decades, be able to immediately ask the right questions and help me work through what my personal challenge was has been just a huge gift. So sometimes it's listening alone and sometimes it's having someone who can ask me questions uh, sometimes gently and sometimes not so gently to move forward. Is that similar to your process? Absolutely.
2: I mean, we, uh, life is not a solo journey. And I don't know where the rumor started. And I don't know why, as leaders, so often we act like it is. It's not. We are not meant to do this alone. And there are so many people that can come alongside us and lift us up and empower us and remind us of our greatness and we can do that for them and remind us of truth. Sometimes we want to hear it, sometimes not, (laughs) but they're really walking beside us. And I think it's important and valuable to remember we're not alone. And if we're feeling that way, um, perhaps we're creating that trying to do things too much on our own and we can stop pause and see where we can get support and help. And I, I celebrate that you did that, that you um, reached out and um, didn't get stay stuck in in a spiral because we can do that. I've done that in my life. We can do that. And I think that's really um, beautiful. And the other thing I've learned on the journey, people are not looking for these super polished, perfect images. They can't connect with it. They can't relate with that. We try to sometimes shine ourselves up so much that there's no texture left in us. We're not sharing all of our dimensions. And then people feel that that's the real life and that's how they're supposed to be too. And it creates um, connections that aren't real and actually keeps us separated and disempowered versus being willing to share how we
1: really are. All of our textures embrace that and lead with it. You know, I think that's a brilliant comment and I know we're coming to an end, but the idea that those things that we do to keep us, keep the persona are actually the things that create distance and and give us the opposite of what we're looking for, which for many of us is a genuine connection that's going to help us answer our why, make an impact. Exactly,
2: exactly. And we can make choices in that all Every day, each and every day, we mm-hmm. have choice. And that I did that for a long time. I, I had this mask. That was one of the things I told God when He was asking me to tell my story. I, I said, I shouldn't have to. You know, I'm speaking. I'm doing all of this. And he one of the things truths he whispered into my spirit was I was hiding. And the reason you're not creating that transformation in your heart is because you're hiding. You're expecting them to lead the connection instead of you stripping away those barriers and reaching out your hand authentically in your heart and your voice. Lead with that.
1: I love that as our closing comment. So find your why. Lead with your heart. Lead with your voice. And know we have constant choice. It's easy to feel trapped And yet, when we expose ourselves just a little bit more, we make those connections and the next opportunities come up. So, Rebecca, one just deep gratitude for your sharing your personal story. How would people learn more about you and your work?
2: I love to share about our work. So, the master site that holds everything is called www, of course, your purpose driven practice.com again that's your purpose driven practice.com and you'll be able to tap into all of our resources and our television networks and all the different things that we're doing because we want to help you reach more people and be encouraged and empowered to do so.
1: Thank you so much. And, and for Metcalf and Associates, I love to hear your feedback. Please email me, info at metcalf-associates.com. Suggestions to make us better, th- topics you want to hear. Just your feedback makes the show more helpful, more beneficial to you and to other listeners. So we look forward to hearing your comments. Hopefully you heard something from Rebecca about how do you step into your own brilliance? How do you empower yourself? How do you empower others? How do you overcome that sense of imposter syndrome? Let us know how you're using it. We look forward to connecting with you again next week.